Welcome to the MEFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpany, Head of Research, Global Markets EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday, 1st September 2023 and join in Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Matthew Glue, Head of Global Client Sales for EMEA. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi, Derek. Hi, Mas. We've just had the uh, key US job data released in the US this afternoon. What are your key takeaways from the report and will the data have much influence on price action going into next week? Um, yeah, interesting report. I guess I would probably have two key takeaways. The first is clearly we've had some continued signs of easing labor demands. There was other data ahead of the non-farm payrolls which was suggesting that the JOLTS, for example, and the job index within the consumer confidence. But uh, there was certainly evidence in it today. Uh, uh, one obvious was the, the downward revision to the two previous months, 110,000. So that gives a, a different kind of um, color to the, the overall print. If you exclude, if you take away the 110,000, 10,000 revision, you had a, a net increase of 77,000 in the payrolls today. So um, that's definitely one point to, uh, to to consider. Secondly, was the unemployment rate jumping by 0.3 of a percentage point up to 3.8%. That's the highest level uh, for the unemployment rate since uh, 2022. Uh, admittedly, most of that is supply related. So we had a 736,000 increase uh, in uh, the labour market. And uh, that was the biggest since January uh, 2023. The third largest increase, uh, excluding the very initial period when COVID struck uh, in in 2020. So uh, definitely uh, some evidence there of what is the final piece of evidence in terms of uh, weakening labour demand, and that was the, the wages with the, the month-on-month increase of just 0.2%. So all of that indicative of what Powell is looking for, which is a rebalancing of the labour market. And there was definitely plenty of evidence uh, in today's report on that. The second takeaway, though, is that this, at the same time, isn't really it's – not, it's not a game-changer. You know, it doesn't significantly alter expectations of the Fed uh, maintaining this higher for longer strategy. Um, uh, You know, the rhetoric I don't think is going to change. Uh, Of course, the, the flip side of that downward revision to the two previous months which net of the revisions were now 105,000 increase in June and 157,000 increase in July. Therefore, we actually had an acceleration uh, in, in the August print, 187,000. So we've had a, a kind of a pickup in, in NFP over the last uh, two months, albeit from, from lower levels. Um, and then the hours worked as well. The, the three-month annualized change in hours worked 
uh, was up 1.4%, which was the biggest gain since March. So all in, uh, while there is evidence of the labor market rebalancing, uh, there's definitely not enough in this to suggest any kind of shift in strategy or communications or rhetoric from uh, from the Fed. And I think that should be reflected in price action going forward to, to the latter part of your question, Matt. Um, the dollar did weaken initially, um, I guess, on the, on the points I, I made in terms of the revisions in particular. Uh, but the, the, the dollar now has, has come back and we're pretty much close to unchanged. Um, and really, you know, I think we need to start seeing sub 100,000 prints on payrolls for the markets to really get on board with the idea that, you know, recessionary conditions are, are, are kind of on the immediate horizon. Uh, and certainly there's nothing in them in, in, in that to suggest it's going to happen anytime soon. So um, in that sense, I don't think going forward from here, there's much consequence for for rates. Um, we have seen some softening at the very front end of the curve. Um, but you know, you're talking six basis points, and that's after a pretty a pretty good move to the upside uh, in recent weeks before we have the correction this week. So, you know, all in, as I said, not a game changer, and therefore I don't think there's going to be much follow-through from here in terms of rates and FX. Okay, thank you. Now, also freshly released today was the MUFG Foreign Exchange Outlook monthly report. Um, in regards to forecast changes um, in the publication, were there any major changes to the forecast? And if so, which which are they? Uh, yeah, I, I I think the the, the key summary in terms of forecast changes would be that ultimately we have lifted our US dollar profile across most, certainly across G10 um, and indeed across most uh, currency pairs that we cover in the publication. So, for example, on, on euro dollar, uh, we had us kind of trading September through to year end for euro dollar possibly in the 110, 112 trading range. Uh, we, we've definitely lowered that, and the forecasts now imply um, a bias to the other side of 110. So a range of potentially, you know, 107 through 109, 110. So uh, certainly a kind of a, a three, four big figure shift to the downside for, for euro dollar. Um, I think... The obvious first point is that higher for longer idea in the markets has been given credence by the incoming economic data. And generally through the month of August, the, the, there's been a kind of a resilience to, to, to the data. Uh, and I think that could hold with us for a time yet. Uh, and in that sense, with yields that bit higher than we were anticipating, uh, I think that results ultimately in, in the dollar being uh, a bit stronger through the rest of this year. Um, you know, possibly in hindsight, we were a little bit impatient in terms of expecting recessionary conditions to come through and for yields to drop and therefore the dollar to weaken. Uh, and, you know, looking back on economic cycles back to 1980, and timing the first Fed rate increase to the first month of recession. On average, over the, the economic cycles back to 1980, you're talking 
in or around two years. Um, and given the fact that the Fed's first rate increase was March 2022, on a standard time frame based on previous economic cycles, you're talking potentially March 2024 when you get the the, the point of recession. Um, and, and that, I guess, is consistent with that kind of um, view of the data perhaps holding up a little bit longer before we start to see a turn. Probably will come by the end of the year. But um, but in the sense of the next couple of months, uh, higher yields means means a stronger dollar. Also, other factors that have developed a little bit uh, in, in in recent weeks or in the last month or two, you know, the U.S. or sorry, the eurozone manufacturing sector, in particular Germany, uh, you know, there's been pretty much zero rebounds post the drop in natural gas prices. Clearly, the manufacturing sector is still struggling, even with lower natural gas prices, either because companies are locked in at higher prices, or these prices are still uh, making them uncompetitive. Uh, we, we see you know, pretty pronounced weakness. Germany this week decided that they will not um, be subsidizing electricity prices for the German industry. Um, and that obviously could uh, could reinforce the, the the weakness for a period longer. Then, of course, we've had the China uncertainties, the property market weakness that has really come through in August. While we don't expect any major risk off developments or, or or huge volatility in that context, it's definitely a growth negative. And while policies are being put in place to stabilise the property market, it's certainly not going to turn around dramatically anytime soon. So the, the broader global backdrop um, is also not particularly favorable for the dollar to weaken over the short term. Um, and then finally, very quickly, of course, we had the BOJ YCC policy change at the end of July. And, and while we were predicting that, the exact way in which that was changed was not precisely what we thought. And the BOJ has left open this kind of uncertainty in terms of what they would do um, in terms of acting to temper yields between 0.5% and 1%. Um, and therefore, there wasn't the dramatic impact from an FX perspective. And dollar yen is also higher than what we were anticipating. Um, and that has also resulted in, in, in the, the reasoning behind uh, the higher dollar profile uh, that we now have through the rest of this year. Okay. And given the diversity of reasons for, for this change of profile in the dollar, um, any particular uh, trade view that you guys want to uh, to put forth? Any recommendations running in the FX Weekly at the moment? Um, yeah, we didn't publish today, obviously because of the monthly. But you know, in last week's uh, FX Weekly, uh, we, we we first of all hit our target on, on short euro dollar, so we, we we've taken that off. But we also have uh, long um, long dollar short um, uh, the Swedish. Swedish Krona. So we've picked that just based on stocky being one of the more vulnerable currencies if the dollar is to strengthen further over the short term. Um, you know, the Riksbank and the Bank of Japan are now running the deepest negative real policy rates. Um, so, for example, in Sweden, you've got a policy rate of three and three quarters, the same as the ECB. But you've got a core X energy annual inflation rate of 8%. Um, and as long as the Riksbank Bank continues to behave as cautiously as it is in terms of policy tightening, 
whenever we get bouts of dollar strength, stocky is always going to be one of the, the currencies that would probably underform, underperform in this context. And given the jump in yields that we've had, although they've corrected a bit in the US lower, we're still in the kind of vulnerable period in terms of risk. As we all know, September, October tend to be two of the the months of highest volatility in the financial markets in a calendar year. And if that was to play out in any way over the next couple of months, higher vol would certainly leave stocky as one of the more vulnerable G10 currencies. So um, also euro stocky has broken to, to record highs above the global financial crisis highs. And we've been up here for three consecutive months. So the, the, the market is consolidating at these records high levels in euro stocky. And, and that to me also points to the potential for uh, the, the weakness to extend further from here. So, uh, so yeah, long, long dollar stocky is, um, is the trade idea that we have at the moment. Okay, fantastic. Let's see how it goes. Thank you, Derek. Indeed. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MEFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.